The Metis Tech Show. Welcome to the Metis Tech Show, a show for HVAC professionals by HVAC professionals. The Metis Tech Show. All right, Juan, back up in New England. How you doing? All right, Roland. How about yourself? <laughs> Not I'm doing too bad. great. Not too bad. What, uh, what about our favorite conversation? Let's talk about food. Food. Oh, man, the favorite topic. Yeah, what'd you have up here? Uh, pizza. Oh, don't start a war with me. Yes. So what kind of pizza do you got? I like the thin crust. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I like it with lots of cheese, uh, pepperoni, sausage, even pineapple. Yeah, uh, we don't go with pineapple. But up here, it's all like pan pizza. Thin crust, you know, nine inch, twelve inch dishes, and that's it. You know what they never do to the pan? What? They don't wash them. Really? Yep, they're seasoned. They just wipe them off with oil. So that adds taste to the uh, pizza. Yep, yep. It's like a seasoned pan cooking. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Every once in a while, I like adding anchovies to it because that salty and sweet taste from the pineapple. It just oh, yeah. just more bang for yeah, your not, taste. Not too many people are in our boat with anchovies. I know. We're all by ourselves. Now, Juan, you're up from near the Chicago area. You've have you had deep dish pizza? Yes. Yeah, it's a, the, the crust is, is deep, and uh, it's uh, the the contents of that pizza. It's is very thick. It's more content than it is crust. Yeah. All right, I've had fake deep dish pizza here. Yeah, you, know, no, you, you need to come to Chicago. Yeah, you can't shop in the frozen food section for that. Yeah, it's it's almost like a birthday cake. We actually just had a place here in Swanee, Georgia. Uh, that that does a Chicago style pizza, but nothing's going to beat the pizza out of Utica, New York. Really, really, Utica. Where's that? Oh yeah, In it's New York. upstate. It's it's uh, just about forty miles. You just said New York, Roland. East of Syracuse. <laughs> where's Utica? <laughs> In New York. Uh, uh, that's la- uh, uh, gentlemen. Last question I'm asking today for this show. <laughs> where's New York? Up north. Yeah, <laughs> it's part of New England. <laughs> All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Metis Tech Show. And today we're going to talk about Kumo Cloud and Kumo Connect. We have a special guest on the show. We have Ed Babiars. We piped him in from Swanee, Georgia. He's Yay. coming through. Say hello to everybody, Ed, and, and introduce yourself. What do you, What is your title at Metis? Greetings and salutations, everyone. I, uh, I am Ed Babiars. I'm a product specialist with the Technical Service Advisors Department, uh, currently focused in Kumo Cloud, and I've been with Metis since uh, 2016, so actually six years in December. Congratulations. Awesome. Nice. Juan Cardona from the Ohio Training Center. Yes. Welcome, everyone. And Roland Wager to my right. He is from Orlando, Florida. He's the technical instructor down there. Say hello to everybody. Roland. Hello, everybody. And I'm from the Sunshine Muggy State. The Deep South. The Deep South. And myself, Steve Pimentel, instructor out of the Southboro, or we call it the Boston Training Center. All right. So we brought Ed on the show today because he is our expert on Kumo Cloud. Um, and we'd like to ask him some questions on Kumo Cloud and get an understanding about some of the latest and greatest updates to Kumo Cloud within the recent year or maybe two years. Uh, There have been a lot of changes to the Kumo Cloud app itself, and we just want to pick his brain a little bit on this podcast and and 
and find out what's been happening with Kumo Cloud and uh, also Kumo Connect, which was just released a couple of weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken, Ed, right? Um, yep, uh, on the 20th. Awesome. So can you just give us a rundown, Ed, on what Kumo Cloud is for the people that don't know what that is? So Kumo Cloud was Mitsubishi's answer for uh, wireless network control of an HVAC system. It, it really is a, a wonderful addition to anybody's system. You're able to control your HVAC, whether you're at home, whether you're away from your space, if you have a vacation home, uh, something along those lines. And it gives a user an opportunity to, uh, you can kind of take a peek through the window and see what's happening in that space and you can control it. Um, you know, change modes, heating, cooling, fan speeds, all from all from your mobile device, uh, tablet, phone, or what have you. Um, and it's really a, an excellent solution for anybody that's really into tech and um, convenience, really. It, it offers a, a really customizable experience with comfort, heating, and cooling. So that's something I could use from a recliner, never have to get up, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I like my recliner. You could do it from the boat, man. If you're if you're on your awesome. way up somewhere, there you go. Now, now awesome. you're talking about like that idea. Yeah, yeah. that's uh-huh. that's up Roland's alley. Yeah, can I put everything hold when I'm pulling in a big fish? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the way our trade's going, right? This is this is the direction HVAC equipment is going. It's it's where we're in, it's new technology, right? Um, not actually new technology. It's been around for a while, but everybody wants uh, remote control of their systems through Wi-Fi. They want that ability. So that's what Kumo Cloud gives us, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So th- there's a, this, there's some setup involved with Kumo Cloud, and um, I've been quite involved myself with Kumo Cloud when I start uh, since I've been here with Metis. Um, and there there are some struggles, right? Some challenges that. Um, contractors out in the field could see when setting up Kumo Cloud. Um, can you run through some of those, Ed? Sure, absolutely. You know, as as a technical service advisor, I've I've definitely fielded several, you know, several calls regarding folks. Uh, I found probably there's there's three major ones that I could probably point out to you today, and I'll start with a little bit of a joke. There's a, the first one's going to be patience. Um, you're yeah. working with a good luck with that connectable one. device. I, and I understand that, you know, we're, we're in a business of time is money and uh, we're trying to get things moving along, but patience is definitely going to be an excellent opportunity for, for folks out there. Um, you know, it's probably the initial connection and setup is where we, we have encountered the most amount of hurdles. And I think it's because there's so many different variables that, can be presented. Uh, I think if uh, you're approaching a job site and you you have your customers are aware of what you're going to be doing with these controls, and you have correct, accurate information when trying to set one of these devices up, for instance, the the correct Wi-Fi login information, the the network name and password, and making sure. Uh, you know, your case and character are sensitive when you're entering that information. Otherwise, like any other IT device, it's going to fail. Um, so I it's probably better, Ed, I'm um, sorry to uh, disrupt you here, but it's oh, probably no. better to have all that information readily available before you start even setting up the system. 
because it'll be frustrating having to search it and all that. Sure. You know, and, and I totally understand that the last thing that you want to do after a long install, especially if it's a big job, is wrestle around with, with Wi-Fi and routers and, and trying to get a customer to provide that information quickly and accurately at the very end. Because, you know, for the most part, you're packing up your tools and you're setting up your controllers and, you know, ready ready to go and move on right. either to the next job or call it a day. And you don't, you don't want that struggle. So hopefully that, that information is provided at you know, or requested during the sale and it, the customer is aware and they, they have everything situated prior to your arrival for the installation. I'll also say in that initial connection and setup, um, you know, something that gets overlooked, especially with our, with our advisors is anytime the number one thing that a, an installer needs for proper control over a system is a system that's installed correctly and addressed. Um, a lot of our multi-zone systems, you know, they require addressing through dip switches and right. dials. And it's been proven that if those addresses aren't sent, set accurately, um, it can cause a communication error on CN105 which can hinder a control, which is where your, you know, your Kumo cloud wireless interface is going to be plugged in. It also can happen with MHK1 or MHK2s. So to hear you correctly, if, if I may say this, so there should be some time taken to read the manual before even going there, uh, to be fa to familiarize yourself with the system, with the component on how the setup is um, before doing anything at all. Yeah, it is. It is a bit a bit of a different beast. Um, you know, Mitsubishi's if they're set up correctly at initial install, it's unlikely that you're going to be making any phone calls to our support groups um, for issues. You know, and we've found in the technical service advisors group that probably eighty percent of the calls all stem from original installation. And you know, we have some great classes. We have excellent instructors, obviously. Um, to, to help help folks along those ways and then learn to overcome these challenges that they may see. There's tech tip videos for the first generation and the wireless interface one and wireless interface twos on YouTube. Uh, we also have a new website that's available. It's help.mitsubishicomfort.com. Uh, that is a new website that we put out there that's mainly focused at Kumo Cloud right now, uh, but there is some other excellent information that's in there and coming. Yeah, so we, we established we need a working Mitsubishi system to start, right? You okay. got to have everything addressed. Um, what about condensate pumps uh, breaking S1, for instance, on, on a wall mount, <laughs> right? You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because it, it didn't really dawn on me personally, um, but everything that we're taught with the exception of um, – branch box systems, you know, you're going to be breaking S1 for the most part to kill power to the indoor unit with a condensate pump. And I was up at a lake house and it was really hot and sticky up there. It was in, it was in South Carolina in the middle of summer and the unit was off and I'm trying to figure out what is going on. And I look at the app and I see the little eye icon, I'm like, what's happening? And I turned the unit on and it didn't, I, I, tr I attempted to turn the unit on, it would not come on. And then I realized, Hey, I was getting an error on Kumo cloud reflective of, of communication error because the indoor unit was powered off because of the condensate. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Yeah. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind if, if, uh, if you're getting intermittent issues, especially or intermittent communication issues in the app, especially during the summertime. So that's an excellent question that you can ask a customer. Hey, if you're having intermittent connectivity issues, does this happen in the wintertime? You know, if the system's been installed for a while, because that may be, you know, there may be other systematic problems, um, you know, condensate pump, drain, drain line, uh, something in the pan, you know, all those things could, could stem down. It's great. Great, yeah. to, great to check and ask. So in that cabin scenario, had they interrupted S3 instead of S1 in your scenario that you just spoke about? Uh, they Well, I, we had broke S1. Okay. Um, if you broke S3, you'd get a different uh, – the error would re be reflected the same uh, on the app, uh, but the – the actual system itself would go into error because there's a com error because you're right. breaking a communication issue. Okay. You're breaking communication line. Right. So like to Juan's point, when you're breaking S1, you're breaking power to CN 105, which powers the adapter. Right. That's a problem. Right. So, um, yeah. So we established again, a working Mitsubishi system is really important. Uh, now let's talk about, you know, the elephant in the room. Let's talk about, um, routers the it side of this right what are the some of the struggles that a contractor could face walking into a home not knowing what type of uh router or gateway that customer may have what you know what are they going to find sometimes in these homes that um could hinder the connection with kumo cloud great question uh i mean in Today's standards, it's pretty much the wild west of <laughs> internet connectivity out there right now. Um, as long as you have a stable 2.4 gigahertz network that's being supplied by your wireless router, you'll be able to get Kumo Cloud connected. I should also add that it needs a password also. So if you have a router that you are you're running and you don't have a password, first of all, that's, that's a major security issue. You know, other people will be able to join your network and there's a whole list of scary things that they could do with that information. Um, but you, you just need that 2.4 gigahertz wireless network with a password. And as long as it's, it, well, and I think the biggest struggle that I've found, and I've even seen this firsthand and with you guys, uh, when we've attended the DSG conferences, um, again, patience plays plays a big role here is entering that information correctly um, into the app. Um, if you needed to find that information, if the customer is unable to provide that for you, typically you can find it on the router itself. It's usually printed out on a sticker, just like a data tag on an outdoor unit or indoor unit. Um, and it should give you the very generic, if they haven't changed it, the very generic SSID and password to log in there. But there are some some crazy networks out there. There's access points that people are putting all over their homes or businesses. Um, we did encounter some issues a while back about uh, mesh network systems. And I think the router companies have done a really excellent job in managing band steering for different devices. Uh, and as the Internet of Things grows, I mean, people are wearing IT stuff now, right? You have watches and there's a ring that you can wear for blood pressure. There's, 
um, you know, headsets, there's, right. um, yeah. you know, all these things that are internet of things now. And, and the router companies have really done a great job of being able to manage that. And sometimes it takes a little bit more micromanaging. If you're a little bit more on the techie side, I'm not saying this is an IT or a, is HVAC specialist, you don't want to, you know, go into somebody's router and make adjustments. Right. There are adjustments that can be made to, you know, open up channels if there's a lot of stuff around. And most of the new homes that are being built right now are very IT heavy. Yeah. And so, some of the issues that I've seen out there um, have been uh, one of the biggest is, you know, mistyped passwords. It's really easy to mess oh, yeah. up a password, and it, it's right. It's a combination to a safe, right? I've heard you mes- yeah, mention yeah. this before, Ed. It's a combination to a safe, and if you get that wrong, you're not getting in, and you're not going to you're not going to finish that connection with Kumo Cloud. Um, also, another thing that I've encountered um, on some routers are, are a limit on de- connected devices, right? Yes, sir. So we some routers only allow so many connected devices. Um, I've seen some contractors here in the Northeast have been using a separate 2.4 gigahertz router just for Kumo Cloud uh, connected mm-hmm. to the customer's existing router. That's another way of getting away from all the traffic on that main router in the home. Now you have a separate router just for Kumo Cloud that you're not going to interfere with um, with any other devices in the home. Right. And a lot of times those a 2.4 gigahertz router only is going to be very cheap. So right. when you're bidding a job, I mean, there's, or if you have to, if you do have to make an addition to the job, it's the, the expense level is it's the juice is worth the squeeze in this case uh, to introduce another router in the home. Yep. Um, I know you like that one, Roland. I think <laughs> that was a good juice one. Juice is worth the squeeze. I just wrote it down. Yes. It'll be in my future repertoire. so ed back to routers uh i know there's a lot of um, internet companies pushing dual band routers any Mm -hmm. experience because uh i tell my classes for instance that when they approach a home with a dual band uh, router that it may be better off for them to just like you said buy a cheaper 2.4 gigahertz just for Kumo Cloud. Well, most routers are, to, yeah. are dual band anyway, right? right? Right. Yeah. Actually, they're they're tri band routers now. They're introducing Wi Fi six. Oh wow! Out. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot of really cool stuff that's that's in the pipeline, ready for launch. Um, but there is something you did stumble on there, Juan. One of the opportunities that we see a lot of is if you do have that single router in a home, you have to take into consideration the distance of where these wireless interfaces attached to your HVAC. Yeah, good, good point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So if you have a router that's in the center of your house and you're a three-story house with an attic and you have an air handler in the attic, you're going through essentially three and a half, four, three and a half floors with building construction between it and interference. Um, so we do offer, you know, the IT extender if we need to move that closer or a mesh system may be, uh, maybe a better, you know, application for this user. I mean, I would think in a, in a house that large nowadays is probably going to have a mesh system with a dual band or tri band router. Um, if you're having a lot of problems, um, I've seen some successes with 
dual band routers, if you can create a guest network, those are typically only going to run at 2.4. Okay. Um, so that's been helpful uh, in the past. But again, the, the industry has, has really evolved and has been a lot more uh, forgiving to those, those internet devices, internet of things devices. And I do want to mention something about the 2.4 connection. I see a lot of reviews and I, I do read all of the reviews uh, from, from many, many different platforms, which are really important. Um, I just want to make sure that, that folks understand, you know, oh, how come we don't put five gigahertz? Why don't we use five gigahertz? The, the radio frequency that's, that's traveling on 2.4 is, is much better for building penetration and distance. So okay. if we're using five gigahertz, I mean, that is much more suited for high speed data transfer. Yeah. And sure, you know, I want to talk to my HVAC system faster, but I'm not going to likely prioritize that over watching a, a football game or, you know, uh, streaming, streaming this podcast. Right. Right. You know, Understandable. Or attending, yeah. attending a Mitsubishi class. I mean, it's, so you it's want more quality important. of the connection. So the quality of the connection is more important than the speed of the connection. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, and it's just that, that frequency, it's a radio frequency. So, it, it's just well, way better suited than a five gigahertz signal to do, to use the 2.4. Nice. All right. Excellent. Um, so there are some accessories. So we, we let's just recap what we just talked about. We talked about a working Mitsubishi system. That's number one and very important. We talked about the struggles with a router or gateway in a home and, and touched upon that. Um, so, some of the things that contractors could see, uh, Let's talk about some of the accessories for Kumo Cloud. So we have a Kumo station, which allows connection of third-party equipment. Uh, can can you touch upon that a little bit, Ed? Sure, sure. Uh, so the Kumo station, it, it's a four-channel equipment controller. Uh, it, I don't want to blow it way out of proportion, but it is really an excellent piece of equipment, a, a great addition uh, to a system, but essentially it's it's a Wi-Fi relay um, that's allowing you to go hands-off, and in its most common application, to go hands-off with your, H, your, your heat pump system, uh, allowing your backup heat system to take control without knowing. Um, okay. Most of the time when... You know, the other things that you could put on there, you could put a humidifier or a dehumidifier, uh, a ventilation system of some sort to bring fresh air in. Uh, currently, the most the most popular purpose for this is to bring on a backup heat, whether it be a gas furnace or water coil or what have you. Um, and they are offering some really excellent incentives, especially as we move towards uh, more green energy. People are trying to cut out some of their electrical and, and use up some of that, uh, some of that backup heat, you know, you, there's, there's all different types of that, that are available now. And, uh, and Kumo station will allow that to happen. Yeah. So this has been happening here in the Northeast for the last, uh, well, geez, as long as I can remember working here, uh, rebates, just, um, amazing here in Massachusetts and other States as well. And I, I'm pretty sure the inflation reduction act is going to play a big role in having that dual fuel, uh, setup where you can go from your heat pump to your uh, gas-fired boiler or oil-fired boiler uh, based on outside air temperature. So that's it's huge. Um, another accessory, uh, 
Is can, I, our, can I say something yeah, about the Pete Connection too, yeah. Steve? Um, I was at a class last week in Chicago, and uh, we know about CN uh, CN24, which is the backupid portion connection of uh, indoor unit. Uh, but also we have, like you just mentioned, the uh, Kumo station. But this contractor was clueless that you could have backup heat on a Mitsubishi system. So when we talked about that in class, it was you should have seen his expression that now he can actually provide backup heat yeah. without Mitsubishi equipment, either uh, an electric air handler or a boiler or anything, anything that would provide backup. There uh, are backup multiple heat. inputs and outputs on our indoor units, not all of them, but uh, mostly our P-series style indoor units that can be utilized for humidifier control, um, ERV, outside, outside air control, and backup heat, CN24 operation. Yeah, that's a good point. So there's, there's a lot of options out there. Um, another accessory for Kumo Cloud that can be very important for the Kumo, and especially when using a Kumo station, is our wireless sensor, humidity and temperature sensor. Right, so that that that's another accessory available. Um, it, it's it, again, it's wireless, so it's it's very small, compact, and easy to connect to the system. So now you can sense temperature from a different location other than the indoor unit thermistor. Customize um, your comfort. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. That's like if you had a basement, um, you could measure or you could average that temperature. So, Ed, what are some of the most recent big uh, updates to the app, improvements to our Kumo Cloud app that you can uh, point out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think personally from from the troubleshooting standpoint that uh, of, uh, of trying to help people with our original problem here is, is just getting it connected. Uh, I think the first thing that we've done was on the Android side is – allow for a, a network scan. So it'll scan for available networks on an Android device, and you can pick which wireless network SSID you want to choose. Now, I say that's a huge win for us because you've just eliminated 50% of the biggest problem that that technicians are having with this Absolutely. initial setup. Yes, that's so you, huge. So you don't have to, you know... Uh, so you don't have to, to enter that. A lot of folks, that's that's what they do anyways. The problem that really happened was between the two companies, and I don't want to I'm not call on either out, uh, one of the companies does not allow that for security purposes. It won't let you scan. So, um, Right, and I've seen that here in class. Biggest. Yeah, with my, mm -hmm. with my uh, tablets here in class, I'm not able to scan networks. I haven't seen that, that new, new improvement. Um, to, to the app, but that's huge. I love that, uh, to be able to select your own network and to see all the networks in the home. Now, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag quite yet, but uh, I do have some exciting news in regards to this issue is, is we're working on uh, allowing the wireless interface to do the scanning for us and leaving the phone out of it. So oh, wow. the wireless uh -huh. interface will be able to find those networks. So this will go across mobile device platforms and it'll populate those wireless network names and you can select it in the app from there. Yeah. That's an awesome thing. If we could keep the phone out of it. There you go. There we go. Yes. Great news. There's uh, you know, again, through reading reviews and, and feedback from, 
users and technicians alike. And this is actually, this one hit home, is the ability in the wireless interface twos uh, to turn the LEDs off. So those LEDs are pretty crazy. They're, they're bright. They shouldn't be, you know, they shouldn't be waking people up at nighttime, but the option to turn those off is available uh, in there. And it is one of the settings. Yeah, we had um, contractors sticking another, a little piece of electrical tape over them to cover the light. Yeah, <laughs> so they're they're pretty bright. Yeah, some, yeah. Some some white tape there. Uh, let's see. Adding the uh, room temperature to the zone tiles, I think, was a big positive. Um, yep. A lot of folks were so not not just that. set point room temperature also. Right. Okay. Um. Roland's not going to like this one, but we uh, we've added the relative humidity in the zone tiles. Um, You're right. I don't like that because <laughs> because of where I live. It's because of where I live. Florida is, you know, everybody hits the panic button the minute the house goes over fifty five percent relative humidity. The phones are ringing. Oh, yeah. So well, I've got I've got good news again. This is another cat is escaping the bag from me here. Uh, we are going to be introducing. Uh, what's called dry mode automation to Kumo Cloud. Wow. Uh, it's a new feature to enhance how cool and auto cool modes operate, and it wow. automatically switches between cool and dry to try to help target that humidity target for you. And awesome. again, it's going to be more of a, a passive experience. You know, your app will reflect it, but um, something I like to think about. You know, I think we all do this. You know set your thermostat and forget it. You don't touch it unless you become uncomfortable, right? Right. So this will, once again, allow for that new feature uh, to help keep you more comfortable on a humidity level. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the addition of the relative humidity uh, was certainly a fun addition there. Um, of course, we just launched Kumo Connect, uh, which I think we're going to talk about a little bit more, get in depth a little bit later. Yeah, uh, but Kumo Connect has been dropped, uh, and then I, I think something that's been very helpful with the addition of Kumo Connect, uh, there is a show me how feature. If you do run into an error for an end user, and you can select this, and it'll take you to that help.mitsubishicomfort.com website. So if a user is experiencing uh, intermittent connectivity issues, if you have a filter change notification. If you have uh, battery change notifications for MHK2 or MHK1, there's a huge, huge plethora of information on that website that will help self-help um, to try to help reduce some of the nuisance, not necessarily nuisance calls, but um, some calls that may not necessarily need a technician to be on site to help troubleshoot that. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, and give an end user an opportunity to try to um, troubleshoot themselves a, a wireless network issue that may be happening because, you know, after all, again, if it is a Wi-Fi issue that's happening, a, a HVAC service technician is probably not going to be the guy to help troubleshoot that. Right, right. One of my favorite updates to the app has got to be, um, and I called it the Wheel of Death, where you just get that yeah. spinning the wheel. wheel of death. The Wheel of Death. Yes, the spinning wheel yeah. that yes. tells you you have maybe one to five minutes to until this process oh, finishes, yeah. right? Yeah. I always get now it's a checklist. I yes. so you got every little checklist for when the adapter is communicating with the indoor unit, 
when it's actually establishing a connection with the router, that's the big one, right? We want to see that check come come onto the number, screen. Number three. Okay, <laughs> come yeah. on, number three. Yeah, that tells me, I, hey, I put the password in right, um, right? And, and I, that's half the battle. Uh, but that's my biggest, that's my favorite update to the app that, that helps the technician, I believe tremendously. Yeah. That's always a problem in class. A student will just sit there and say, it must've did something wrong. What's it doing? What's it thinking? And uh, let's redo it. And it's yeah. patience. Cause that five minutes be coming. Right. How about feels like forever. Yeah, right. It feels like forever. At least you see something happening. Right. Right. You exactly. Progress moving through. Uh, and also if, Anybody was interested in seeing what those steps mean, we do have those published on that help.mitsubishicomfort.com website uh, if you wanted to see that. Excellent. Awesome. Ed, um, so let's, you just talked about it a little bit, but can you explain what Kumo Connect is? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's an excellent new feature that we have that, that really ties with our company's commitment to building a digital community. Um, really, it's, uh, it allows a, diamonds, a diamond contractor to link their contractor account with an end user. So if for some reason the end user does encounter a service-related issue, uh, that the contractor's information is stored on the phone um, and in our database, uh, and it will allow that end user to contact that contractor directly, you know, because it is important to, to maintain that relationship. You know, Absolutely. I've had relationships with customers for decades, uh, you know, people that I've, I've worked with, worked for, um, and you, you build that, that relationship and, and this helps to solidify that. So you can, an end user can make a contact to a contractor through the app and a contractor can then see that in the contractor portal. Uh, oh, wow. Not only that, but Kumo Cloud will give the error code that generated this this service this potential service issue. And there are knowledge base articles that our technical service advisory group put together over nine hundred of them um, that that will explain and outline what this what the error codes mean and show you possible solutions for it and maybe something to bring along if there is a part that may or may not may need that may need to be changed um you know it's really a it's it's really a step in the right direct direction for one-stop solutions you know if, if the app is reporting that this is going to require service the contractor knows what the issue and error code is before arrival that's going to give us one step ahead of the problem you know and then we can get there is an option for the end user to enter additional notes, and those are displayed for the contractor to see as well. Oh, that's excellent! Uh, so that's really impressive. That's impressive. Before even making that, before even making that first phone call, um, customer would then, you know, once a case is accepted, uh, a customer would get a notification, and then the contracting company would give them a call, set up a time, and then. With all of that, uh, there is an opportunity. We've introduced Kumo coins, uh, which are part of the Diamond Contractor program, where those Kumo coins can roll into Diamond points uh, and be used for for any of the the anything that Diamond Diamond points would be qualified for. That's for Diamond contractors. Um, for Diamond contract, yeah. yeah. Kumo Connect is 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 really just it's only 
for diamond contractors at this time. And if they're interested, if a contractor is interested in becoming a diamond contractor, you know, find a local uh, sales representative for Mitsubishi and they can certainly help get you on the path and, and hopefully come visit you guys out there at the, at the training facilities. Awesome, Ed. It'll be great. This is great. Um, I really enjoyed this episode. Um, Ed, thank you for joining us today and giving us all of this information, this insight into Kumo Cloud. Uh, there are e-learning videos. There are uh, free webinars. I, actually, there's a Kumo Cloud webinar by yours truly uh, that I may need to update in the future because of the, all of the up, updates to the app. But that shows you our free webinar. will show you how to connect indoor units, how to connect the Kumo station step-by-step. Step. It's a live uh, video webinar. And that's, again, that's free. And you can access those on our LMS, our learning management system. You can also register for classes and uh, our, for instance, our residential installation and service essentials class. We do some hands-on Kumo Cloud, some very basic connecting an indoor unit. We do some hands-on Kumo Cloud in that class. This has been a great episode. Ed, thank you again. Thank you, Ed. Thanks, All right, Ed. Thank you. It's been awesome. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> Adios. We'll see you. Adios.